is Rebecca. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. Todd, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Here is Pete, and I'm Helen Louise Bartram. Before I talk over. Yes, Ellen? yes, please don't fall over. Helen? Helen Louise. <laughs> so, we have many questions. Um, one of the things I'd like to start with, because obviously, um, before meeting you, I've researched your career. And I noticed that you seem to have advanced very quickly. I mean, you were, you were saying in the presentation how um, it was Arena, you joined, you joined uh, Bethesda in 1994 mm -hmm. and you were working on the CD-ROM. And I was, I was looking on Wikipedia, because obviously that's the great source of these things. And by 1998, it seemed you were a producer. You seem to have advanced very, very quickly. And I was, I was sort of curious because I... Assumed at the beginning there weren't so many people at Bethesda. I mean, I think somebody said there were like ten people there at the beginning. There weren't a lot. Well, there were a little more when I started. Then it got very small. Um, I, I can't. I don't. I can't give you an answer because I'm not the one who put me in charge of things. <laughs> um, and it may have seemed irresponsible of them. So the actual Terminator Future Shock was the first one that I was in charge of. And that was right after. So I did the CD-ROM version of Arena and Future Shock. So I was also on the Terminator stuff. And I think the answer is it was very, very small. And so, I don't know, people saw something where, let Todd run with this and I did a good job so they let me get bigger and bigger things very quickly. Um, but it was very small then. so. People, people had to do a lot of stuff. What sorts of numbers are we talking about? Beginning uh, a now? regular dev team then might be eight people, mm -hmm. eight to ten. And now? And now, you know, at Bethesda Game Studios, we have just under 400 people, mm -hmm. which, but we're doing many things between 76 and Starfield and Blades and really early stuff on mm -hmm. 6 So we do a number of things. Um, and for the scale of what we do, those numbers are pretty conservative. If you look at some of our competitors who do the big games like we do, they're, they can get upwards of a thousand people. Um, and that really just is the detail level that you need, not need, but that you can do now, requires a lot, a lot more people and a lot more time. We do have quite a few uh, fans who would like to get into the video game industry if they can. And uh, the number of questions related to that, uh, we've actually asked some of these questions to uh, Layman Tucker, who's the new uh, your master for ESO. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. So, how did you get into game development? I did it on my own. I got an Apple II uh, when I was young, maybe fifth grade, sixth grade. No, that was the Trash 80, TRS 80. I just learned to program on my own. I love video games, and then well, how, do, how do I make these work? So I was self-taught programmer, artist, the whole thing, and I made a whole bunch of my own games. So when anybody asks me, somebody just asks me out there, how can I get into games? Just start making some. Make some, get them out there, get reactions to them, iterate. That is the best way to get, to get good at it. Just go at it. And today, everyone has so many options. There are so many great engines out there and third-party things. You could use the construction set, the creation kit, do mods. We hire a lot of modders um, for our games. Put something out on Android or iOS. There's so many ways to do it, but you just, just do it. Make anything. Start simple, make something, get people's reaction to it, and you'll get better and better. What kind of languages did you use back then? Oh, I use Pascal. I use basic. I use machine language on the Apple II. Uh, but nowadays, it's uh, whatever they're using. It's a mix of C, C++, C Sharp. Mm -hmm. 
some Java people Yeah, use. I learned Java and C Sharp. Yeah, those are good languages to start with. Um, most of the stuff we're doing is C++ on the games. What does a typical work day look like for you? Um, if that's a difficult question, yeah. <laughs> what do you do once you get to the office or your desk? Usually when I get in for the first hour, I'm kind of firefighting. What are the hot issues and walking around seeing people? I try to limit my meetings to from like 11 uh, to 4 p.m. So I have this pocket early in the day, and then I tend to work late um, afterwards. And personally, on Fridays, I don't schedule any meetings so that I can catch up on my week. Um, but I spe try to spend as much time as I can uh, looking at the game with the peop with whoever's doing that part of the game and us having a conversation about it. Uh, so what's working, what's not working, what are we, what are we trying to do? And uh, it's a lot of people, so it's definitely changed from me sitting down and designing something on my own to working with a lot of people, but that makes it, that makes it much better. Is it pretty much everything that you're looking at? I look at every game, so some of them I'm more involved in, depending on the phase of it. Um, so I'm more involved, say, in Starfield, because it's a new thing, than other things. Um, when we were doing the combat system for Blades, it's a very new thing. I, you know, That was me in with the people doing it, tweaking how it, and how it felt right under your finger, um, things like that. So it depends what we're doing. Um, but there, again, and Emil said this in the panel, I think it deserves repeating. There are so many people that have been doing this for a long time. They're very, very good. The average time in Rock, the average time in the studio in Rockville is over ten years. That's average person. So they really know what they're doing, um, and they bring so much to it that uh, it's, it's amazing. Is your week uh, marked out that you know this week is for this project, or perhaps even this month is for this project, or is it more like? On Monday, I'm working on game A. On Tuesday, I'm working on game B. It's a little more the latter, where, hey, this day I'm more focused on this game. Yeah, but it depends on the stage of development. So when we're wrapping up a Fallout 76, that was where work on Starfield pretty much stopped for a while, where everybody needed to focus to get 76 done. Um, and then, you know, Blades just came out, so for the last month I've spent more time on Blades than I would have previously. But I do try to map out a day that is focused on, on that one, but I don't know, I, I bounce, I bounce okay. between them. So is, um, someone had a question, um, is Blades like by the Montreal studio, or is that by you guys in Maryland? Well, it's sort of everybody. There's actually, so the top level creative stuff rolls up to me, but then there's some artists and uh, Craig Lafferty, who heads up our mobile gaming, is in Rockville. We sort of view it as one thing. The main development team for Blades is in Montreal. So that's where the main group is, but then there are a handful of people in Rockville who work on it. And then there's actually folks in our Dallas studio who also uh, work on it. And... Um, that's kind of how we like to do it, where the, the main team would be in one of the locations, but then there are people at the other ones that are that are helping out and assisting as needed. Okay. Um, going back, you said um, you know everyone's kind of been involved for a long time. Do you have any stories from some of the older games from the development? Any uh, funny moments or really memorable moments? You know, there's too many to mention that I don't want to single one out um but it's maybe one per game <laughs> or a couple per game. well it's really how it's 
how it's grown that I, I think about the most where with Morrowind it was 30 to 40 people and then Oblivion it goes 60 to 80 and then Skyrim is 100 to 120 and so on. The other thing that's in there that it, I think we kind of forget it when we talk Elder Scrolls, but maybe we don't, is that Fallout is, is in there as well in terms of us. It's the same people also. And then we are going between them. But then you go all the way back to Terminator. The people say, oh, that's very new for you to do a Fallout and go into post-apocalyptic. No, 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 no. We were doing Terminator. So it's weird. We're like, we have gone between like fantasy world and post-apocalyptic 3D and back and forth for longer than people think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, There are some fans who insist that Fallout and The Elder Scrolls are the same, same universe. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> yeah, similar question. Um, uh, let's see, I have a screenshot somewhere. Um, if I can find it. Uh, I can also more game dev questions. Um, let's see. I know it's somewhere here. Um, I guess, um, yeah, what's your opinion on some of the theories out there? I think Are they're all any? good. I Like I said there, I people want to know truth. But even my perspective is one, one version of truth in what happened in the history of Elder Scrolls and so forth. Um, and so I think that I would tamper their desire to have all mysteries revealed because mm -hmm. mysteries are, are good for a fantasy world to have. Yeah, know. that's definitely What is been. beyond the ocean? Would you do a game in Akavir? That's one mm -hmm. we, that we've thought about. Like, I could sit here and tell you lots about Akavir. And uh, actually, one of the original Skyrim designs had Uriel the fifth, I think it was the fifth, returning from Akavir with this army of dragons from there um, to retake his throne. Uh, but it was sort of like, like keep the mysterious lands mysterious. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's enough to do in Tamriel proper mm -hmm. uh, as time goes on that I like to have those elements of mystery or really strange things that you can't wrap your head around. Yeah, there's like, definitely a lot of debate about that among our community. Oh, and there should be. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that is very, very encouraged. Yes. These more debates and they want the answers. Like, especially <laughs> yeah. when, when uh, you know, we, we announce that we're going to, to go meet somebody and interview them. They're like, oh yes, ask about such and such a thing and they want the answers. Like, <laughs> yeah, some of those questions, I think they added the London one. You oh, didn't yeah. even know what they were talking yes. about. Yes. There that's kind of what I said in the panel, out. is what, what's the order of priority? If you saw it on the screen, that's that's number one. That's the most truth. Mm -hmm. If you read it in the game, that's second truth. If you read it in an official thing outside the game, in the manual, that's third. If you read it from a fan on the internet, that's way down there. That's like <laughs> not on the list, right? But that's sort of the main three. On the screen, something you see happen, regardless of what game or when it came out, that for us is the primary. A book in the game is second, and then a book that's official outside the game's third. Does that mean that the flavor text in the um, new cookbook is um, canon? The author said she wasn't sure, so... Well, I don't know how it. official that book is, so, <laughs> but it would be on the list. It would be down there. I don't know. I haven't read it. Okay. Um, I know it's of its existence, right? But it would be it would be on the list, but low is what okay. I would say. Why? What does it say? <laughs> uh, well, it's got some things like, um, oh, at some point they're importing salt rice into Skyrim, so salt rice porridge became a thing, and 
um, stuff like well, that. I, I guess, guess there's some truth to that then. But if you were in the game and saw people not do <laughs> doing that differently, that would be. Oh, that I think my recording stopped. Yes. Oh, no, it's still going. Okay. One question I had um, was with the 25th anniversary thing. So there were various official tweets going out, and we saw the first page of your Skyrim um, development document, mm -hmm. and it was all handwritten. And uh, so a few of my I friends terrible say, writing. Yeah, that's, that's all I can tell saying. you what it says. Um, yeah, we were kind of curious about some of that. What I was wondering was to what extent you work on paper compared to working on the computer for, for, for the development. I have a notebook. There are pages also for Oblivion and Morrowind and some other things, but they're they're even they're even harder to read. Yeah, there are a lot of scribbles. Um, I have a notebook I like to work in. Just. I don't know. I like to do that. Sometimes I'll do it on the computer, but it's usually I like to work it out. I like to draw too. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, if you saw the Oblivion and Morrowind pages, there's a lot of drawings. Um, so even the Sky, even the Skyrim one, is a little bit of like, um, you know, arena is the and the, and to translate that. Yeah, someone cause someone wanted to know what all those things. Well, the here. main thing at the top is. What does each game kind of do? Arena gives you the world. It sets the world of the Elder Scrolls. And then Daggerfall really pushes the character system. So Daggerfall is about, um, is about, it says me, the player. And then Morrowind really pushes the places. The world feels more real. It's built by hand. Oblivion, the people become more alive. Now they have schedules and they walk around. Okay, what are we doing in Skyrim? Most people say dragons, but that wasn't it. Skyrim is, okay, how do all of these things connect? How does the person moving through the world create a story element? You know, so there was a lot of story threads, drop a pebble in a pond kind of idea, where Skyrim, where those things are connected. Most people focus on the dragons, but that was sort of a... Did things tend to change a lot from those notes? The one thing I like about that note is it's remarkably close to what we did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's amazing that's from, what, 2007? <laughs> yeah, it was right after we finished the DLC. Um, the only thing we didn't get to is the one on the bottom, which was the stronghold idea. And we were always interested in how do we get people creating things they can share. Mm -hmm. So that's what the modding and stuff we love. We didn't get into enough in the panel, but the modding community for us has been incredible. And we wanted with Skyrim. And we did, it be, eventually became the workshop stuff in Fallout, but that people could have a stronghold they built, and then they could share that with other players without having to load the creation kit and upload it to a mod database to make that easier. And it's still something we're very interested in in the future. How do we enable people to do those things? Yeah, one of our um, users commented that they were really happy to see that modding was like on that first page, basically. Yep. Uh, what was your favorite concept that didn't transfer over into gameplay? Concept meaning like a concept art? Or um, I guess just ideas for what could go into a game, like mechanics. That or... Stronghold one, probably now that I just mentioned it, is, is, is big. How do we get people sharing their creations easier in the game, making it their own, and then sharing it? Something they've done. Whether it could be, we've talked about sharing my character, my character to become a companion in your game, and those things that we have all these ideas that we haven't quite crossed the threshold on yet. Something that uh, a, lot of, a lot of fans say is they like a game that's not single player, but isn't um, multiplayer in the way ESO is. Right. Like, like co -op, yeah, 
sort of co-op, and I know Fallout 76 has been moving towards that to some extent, to some extent. Um, but I'm not, obviously we, we talk about Elder Scrolls stuff. Is that something you've thought about? Yeah, yeah, we think about it every time. And we felt was 76, it was the best way to try some of that. Um, and so I don't, I think, well we have Elder Scrolls Online that really fills that void for wanting that in Elder Scrolls. It's a phenomenal game. And so as it comes to the stuff that I would do or our studio would do, um, single player is still our, as it comes to Elder Scrolls, our, our focus. Blades is going to have some PvP and some social stuff coming later in the year, visiting each other's towns and things like that. Um, Um, and we have so many questions. <laughs> Fire away. Is this another strange one? I can ask about this. Um, is the reality of being a game developer what you expected when you applied for the job? It's changed a lot, right? So it definitely was then. Um, it's very different now in how big it's gotten. And... That's been a very slow process for me, but when I see that video and I look back and go, oh my gosh, how did we do a game with 12 people? How is that even possible? Um, Just a few more minutes. Okay. Uh, and then following on from that, when you were just starting your dev career, was there something about the job that you believed was true that was later proven wrong or the other way around? That's a good question. Not that I can remember. Um, how collaborative it is. And people think about when they're going in, you get a lot of questions, people are starting out. Um, the two pieces of advice I have are make stuff, get it out there, learn, but know that you are going to be in a team. It's a team sport. You know, you really need to know how to work with other people because that's what makes the best stuff. Uh, fun question. If you could be any Daedric Prince other than Sheogorath, who would you be and why? Hang on, why other than Sheogorath? I don't know, that's what James said. Because uh, Sheogorath kind of has all sorts of craziness. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Did you do an interview where you said you would be Sheogorath? Is it? <laughs> I mean, Sheogorath is the most fun, so that's not, that's yeah, not, uh, that's not fair. Why can't I pick Sheogorath? <laughs> I think there were, there were a couple games where I did the voice of Clavicus Vile. Sometimes he's fun. Um, I'll go with Shayagoras in there. <laughs> <laughs> so do you um, ever still write quests and stuff, or is it more kind of big picture things? I don't write individual quests. I'll do story snippets, but I, okay. I tend to stay big picture. But I will write, um, you know, here's the... Here's the beginning of a quest line, or here's where I'd like it to end up. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of people who do that, so I work a lot on the on the main themes of the game, okay. whether that's visual or narrative. What's your favorite fan fan theory that you've heard about the series? Hmm. I don't know. Usually they get most things right. 
Except for the fallout and other people being in the same yeah, universe. No, that, that isn't really a theory. I don't, I don't think anyone who reads that thinks it's true anyway. I don't have a good answer to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. One more. One more. Okay. Okay. One more from each. We're almost done. Is there anything you would change in the games industry if you had the opportunity? Um. That the technical hurdles to get what you want on the screen are still massive, and they change very quickly. So if you look at, you know, linear entertainment, TVs, movies, um, they, they know how to get stuff on the screen. We'll shoot it with this film. We'll come back tomorrow, we'll add some CG, it'll look good. But they rarely come back and say, well, the film's blue again. We don't know why. We'll figure that out tomorrow. Well, now it's red. <laughs> I'll shoot it again. And so, uh, the, the, the pace of technology, it's a good thing, but that is still a very, very large barrier to a lot of people being successful in understanding how long something's going to take. So, do you have a favorite game in the series? Or... Oh, awesome, man. What his favorite child is? Yeah, that's <gasps> I was thinking when I saw that one. <laughs> will say... You know, the last one is always the most refined, right? So Skyrim is the most refined, but people will say, well, I really prefer Mortar. I prefer this. And we say, we made those too. We love those games. Mm -hmm. They're intentionally different. They're intentionally different, whereas people really like Morrowind. It's a very exotic world. But people forget, like, when Morrowind came out, the Daggerfall fans went, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Right? Mm -hmm. And then Oblivion comes out, and the Morrowind fans go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then Skyrim comes out, so they all are their own thing. But there are game systems we're refining, but each of them are intentionally, thematically, how the world feels is very, very intentional. Mm -hmm. And for Elder Scrolls VI, we know how that world is going to feel. It's very, very intentional. We don't know all the game mechanics yet. Right? That's something that we work our way through. But how the world feels, we know. Because that's really where we start. And there were people who say, why isn't this like Skyrim? Well, <laughs> that was Skyrim. It's still there. Go play it. It's on everything. <laughs> well, thank you very much for yeah, Thank you. Great questions. And thank you for coming out. What you all have thank done you. with the, what you, I was telling um, him how much we use it. I use the site. That's my go-to. I swear. How do the burst signs work? Go there. How did this part work? How was, um, how does Shea Goroth look in every game? There he is in the green vest in Daggerfall. I think that was him? Yes. Uh, you know, there's the sprite. That's great, so. 